This podcast is part of the Michigan Sports and Entertainment Podcast Network. Go to michigansportsandentertainment.com for more great podcasts. You know who I can do without? I can do without the people in the video store. Which ones? All of them. This is Massive Late Fee with Mike and Mark. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Massive Late Fee. My name is Mark. With me, as always, is my co-host, Mike. How you doing, Mike? Not too bad. How about you? Good. We've had a good week here at Massive Late Fee, as always. The network is going strong. <laughs> I'm, kind of, I'm trying to relive uh, uh, RJ's opening of the show that, that he did for the uh, April Fool's Day uh, prank, I guess, uh, prank you, that uh, we did uh, on April Fool's Day for everybody. We had a lot of fun doing our version of the Skeptical Skeptics show. I'm sure they had a lot of fun doing doing our show. It was uh, quite it was quite entertaining. Julie, you, you, I I kind of want to do the Skeptical Skeptics show every week now instead of our show. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, maybe they'll switch. <laughs> <laughs> I had a lot of fun. I could do a different horror movie for every ghost story that we do. Yep, and I'm sure I could find some kind of a conspiracy. I mean, it's not really a conspiracy show, but I'm really into conspiracy. Yeah. For sure. They do their fair share but of conspiracy stuff, but they also get into true crime. They do, um, you know, a, a bunch of other stuff. Uh, it's a very good show. You should check them out, Skeptical Skeptics. They are good friends of ours and an important part of the growing Michigan Sports and Entertainment Podcast Network. Find us at MSC Network uh, on Twitter. That's all I can tell you. Or go to MichiganSportsAndEntertainment.com. Lots of good shows. The news. <laughs> Great transition there. Uh, apparently, that that movie that was on Netflix called uh, All the Boys I've Loved Before, it was pretty popular. I didn't see it. Never heard of it. They're doing a sequel. Yeah, that's, that's, a, uh, that's a theme with Netflix of basically just dumping movies on there with absolutely no fanfare or... or um, like promotion. Uh, yeah promotion in any way unless it's uh adam sandler related exactly or as somebody or as i heard somebody say uh earlier today uh just episode after episode of the office right but uh so they're making a sequel to this film apparently it's pretty good and they are casting one of the guys from 13 reasons why a uh, popular netflix show I did watch Mike. If you're unfamiliar with that one, it's the um, uh, the high school. It's about the high school where where everyone's a rapist or a rapist apologist. Yeah, I've heard uh, I've heard about it. it. Doesn't interest me in the slightest, so I will not see it. Yeah, I don't think it's. Uh, Plus, I, it I don't think it's for you. <laughs> yeah, it's way way too controversial for you. But uh, the guy is named Ross Butler. And he plays one of the would-be rapists in 13 Reasons Why. Not sure if he's going to be a rapist in All the Boys I've Loved Before or if he's going to be one of the boys that she loved. I assume it's about a woman... This is kind of like guess the plot. But I assume it's about a woman going uh, back through all her old boyfriends in her mind. Maybe she's in a mental asylum. I don't know. Sounds like a good film, though. Yeah, if I don't you, know. If you're a fan of all the boys I've loved before, tell us what it's about. Write to uh, massivelatefee at gmail.com and, and give us a plot synopsis because none of us, well, none of the two of us are uh, motivated enough to look it up. Nope. Speaking of unmotivated, <laughs> the uh, producers behind this next movie, I'm sure, were unmotivated to come up with an original idea because it's a... Movie for uh, movie version of the hit musical Cats, of course, also famously based on the poetry of my favorite poet of all time, and that's not a bit that he is my favorite poet of all time, T.S. Eliot, uh, the life of practical cats. Um, looks, I've never seen the musical. I don't know what the musical's about, other than there's a bunch of people dressed up in cat costumes. Looks terrible. It was a uh, a big joke in the 90s when I was growing up 
uh, it, it was basically the punchline to uh, half of the jokes on every sitcom in the 1990s. So if you're interested in Cats, I guess, cool, Cats is coming to a theater near you. But uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not interested. Although the cast, I guess, is somewhat interesting. It's a mixed bag for me. Uh, it starts with Taylor Swift. You a fr- fan of Taylor Swift, Mike? No, or as my youngest calls her, David Swifts. <laughs> I think I think David Swifts is a better name for her. Uh, but uh, yeah, so David David Swiss like the cheese. Oh, okay. So David Swiss is starring in it, and then Idris Elba, uh, Jennifer Hudson, Ian McKellen, which I I had to double check because I wasn't even sure he was still alive. But he is, and he's in the movie. Right, he's right. only dead inside. <laughs> yeah, after after filming Cats. Rebel- yeah, after his long story career in Hollywood, he ends up doing like Magneto. <laughs> oh, poor Ian McKellen. Rebel Wilson and Judy Dench. So, I like Idris Elba. Uh, I like Ian McKellen, too. Jennifer Hudson... I never watched that American Idol TV show. I think that's what she's from. And, of course, you Could know, be. she's been in other movies and things like that. I hear she's good and a good singer. Rebel Wilson never watched Pitch Perfect. <laughs> this is the entertainment show where we just run down all the things we've never seen. Oh, you know, I thought I thought uh, at first that was that like uh, Bruce Willis's daughter, but isn't that like a different one, like Rumor Willis, maybe? Oh, yeah, yeah, I think that's her name, Rumor. Uh, and then Judy Dench is, you know, fine. I'm not, uh, I'm mad at it. No, not at all. But yeah, I'm not interested in this. I'm not interested in Taylor Swift, nor am I interested in the musical cats that ran on Broadway for however long, long time. Uh, so I'm not, uh, not going to go see that. (sighs) But Speaking of things we're not going to see much anymore, I've got two shows that are being canceled. Uh, Supernatural is now ending after its 15th season. Yeah, so that show's been on for a long time. I actually tried to watch it, and I just didn't really get into it. My wife loves it, loves the show, but she's also very happy that it's being canceled because she is catching up on Netflix. She she didn't watch it when it first started. She basically discovered it on Netflix. And as she told me, now there's a chance I might actually be able to catch up <laughs> to the end of the show right. since since they're going to end it. But uh the the stars um Jensen Eccles and Jared Padalecki, I know I, my wife is is a fan of both of those handsome gentlemen and she has told me things about them. I know they're good friends or they're play brothers on the show. And I guess they're almost like brothers in real life. I suppose that sort of bond would naturally develop if, if you're, if you're, you know, have the predilection to become friends when you're on a set for 15 seasons. But, you know, it's uh, with a heavy heart that they end their show after 15 seasons. But I think it is probably time I've watched a few episodes of this show with my wife. It, it seems I, I'm I'm both interested and untr- uninterested in the show because it's one of those shows where you can watch an episode and it's self-contained, but there's also all these giant overarching plots and mythology related to the show, and it's really tough to get fully invested in it unless you start from the beginning. So I have a problem with that. Yeah, I'm not, big of a I'm not a big fan of like supernatural type stuff to begin with. Mm-hmm, um, yeah. I mean, I like the X Files. That's more of a skeptical type show, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's okay. I mean, that Jeffrey D. Morgan. I, he, I like him. He was in the earlier episodes. I don't know if he's still on the show. My doubt. My guess is he's not. I really don't know. Yeah, he's not anymore. But he was. He was in the the early ones. I know. I think he played. He played. Their, he was their dad. Yeah, I think he played their dad, and their dad ends up dying. And then, um, yes, it's my daughter making a uh, surprise uh, guest spot on the podcast. What do, what do you need? <laughs> You're going too far away from the microphone there, kid. 
Seven. If you're gonna interrupt me, you gotta provide content. Come here. <laughs> you will not interrupt me off mic. Happened while I was watching my TV show. What happened when you were watching your TV show? Well, I didn't press any buttons, and it it something is real going wrong. Oh, I'm sorry. Why don't you go? Hey, uh, why don't you go find what, your mom and see if she can help you? With what, that? what show is she? Ask her what show she was watching. Yeah, what show are you watching? Oh, she's coming back to the microphone. I've created a monster. What sh what show are you watching? I'm watching My Little Pony. My Little Pony. Okay. <clears throat> you want us to do a review on My Little Pony later? Okay. My Little Pony. Uh, Princess Friendship is magic. magic. Or Friendship is magic. Yeah, yeah that's what it's called. <laughs> oh yeah, she she confirms. Okay, go tell your mom that there's something wrong. So that's my youngest <laughs> making her debut on the podcast. Uh speaking of kids, this next show features kids. Uh Fuller House has been canceled after uh Oh yes. I yeah, I don't know if um I don't know if it has anything to do with uh Lori Laughlin uh cheating to get her kids into college. I doubt it. But uh, for April Fool's Day, John Stamos did something pretty funny. He, he posted a video on his Twitter. I think it was on his Twitter. So go to his Twitter and find it. I don't know. His, oh, I think it's just at John Stamos. But At Russia or Renegades. <laughs> but basically, it shows him ranting at a secretary demanding to talk to the the owner of Netflix because they canceled Fuller House and he's ranting about the John Stamos brand and things like that. But it was all part of an elaborate April Fool's Day joke, as I'm sure a lot of people figured out. But it is a pretty funny uh funny take on himself. I you know, I don't watch a ton of stuff John Stamos has done, but I really like John Stamos. I think he has I think he seems like a really laid back guy with a, uh, you know, a cool personality, doesn't take himself too seriously. And uh, I don't know. I just like him. He's a charming uh, guy. But we will end the news with some sad news. Uh, Nipsey Hussle, as I'm sure many of you have read, uh, died a few days ago, uh, shot just absolutely tragic. Um, for those of you like me that uh, didn't know who Nipsey Hussle was, <laughs> he was a uh, a very popular rapper, um, a genre of music that has passed me by, sadly. Actually, like, like most uh, music. But only 33 years old, uh, absolutely... Tragic. Did you were you a fan of any of uh, Nipsey Hussle's music? No, I had never uh, heard of him until I heard that he was uh, killed. It's kind of weird. You can tell you're getting old when like you just like people like died. You're like, I don't even know who that is. I mean, you know, it's just kinda yeah. how it happens sometimes. Yeah, that's uh, that's where we're at at this stage in our life. Uh, but anyway, moving on to what we watched this week, Mike. Have you been watching anything of note? Of note, I would say no, because I keep watching the same things over and over. I'm watching the hot ones again. Uh, this week was... Who the hell was on it this week? Was it the Theo Vaughn this week? No, I Theo Vaughn so. was last week. I'm trying to remember, because I'm pretty sure Maybe I watched it too. Oh, yeah, I don't know. Every week runs into each other. There's an interesting story about hot ones, though, that involve you. Oh, is there? Yeah, you want to tell you want to tell that story? Oh my God! Yeah, um, my friend, uh, my friend Matt brought over some of the uh, hot sauce from the show. It was the bomb. Like it was like the one that's a third from the hottest. But they always say it's like the hottest, you know, hot sauce. It's the one everyone breaks down on. Yeah, and then after it, it seems like it doesn't bother. But like, uh, so I hadn't really eaten all day, um, and so he like uh, he put it on two like little boneless wings. Like he did, said he didn't put that much on. So, so I took a bite, and I'm like, oh, my God, that's pretty hot, but I wanted to finish it because, you know, I didn't want to have to wait and eat the rest of the bite. So I ate the rest of the bite, and, oh, my, I, I literally drank six bottles of water within, like, ten minutes, and then I uh, threw up, and I, I threw up so fast I couldn't even die. Oh, my God. 
but it was all liquid. And then I just felt like a shit for the rest of the day. And then I uh, threw up some more and then I felt better. Oh, it's so horrible. Yeah, it was, it was, I, I can't, I couldn't believe it. It's, it, it wasn't the heat. It was just, a, it was like napalm. It like stuck to you. And like, it was on my tongue at first. And it was on my lips and like in my throat. It was just ridiculous. Does it give you uh, some newfound respect for the people on, on Hot Ones? I mean, yeah. I mean, and I didn't. I honestly didn't because I'm I'm a I'm a fan of hot foods in general. You know, I always get the hotter end when I go to like Buffalo Wild Wings, and I you know I, I put hot sauce on almost everything. I love hot stuff, and just I was shocked at how hot the stuff was. I mean, I've had stuff that was hotter, but it was just like you know, it was just such a surprise. And the fact that I drank all the water and threw up didn't make it up experience either because when I was throwing up, I was tasting it again. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> it's not a. It's not a very good taste to begin with. It's just. Uh, yeah. It, it was not a pleasant experience. Man. But speaking of hot ones, uh, Sean Evans was on your mom's house. I don't know if you watched that podcast. No. No. I. I need to start watching that. It was pretty funny because on that one, they they did a parody of a show called Wet Ones where they sampled different types of water, <laughs> and they just like you know were like ripping on the different types like oh this is evian or i can't remember what it was but you know this is a shit tier and that kind of stuff that is hilarious oh my god yeah i definitely have to check out that podcast um oh i love sean evans and his show and sean if you're jimmy listening butler, jimmy butler was on this week that's who it was. yeah that's right but yeah sean if you're listening come on our show we'll uh i don't know we'll think of some bit for you to do oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, i watched um us the movie us oh did you yeah <sighs> definitely we could do an entire episode about us it was interesting i don't know if i liked it or not okay i feel like i mean i don't know do you want me to spoil it for you I've already read the spoilers. Like I read them the first day it came out, so I already know exactly what happens in it, so it wouldn't really be spoiling anything for me. Okay, well, I, I will spoil the rest of the audience. If you haven't seen us, skip to the next... Skip to to uh, Educating Mike. But, so in the, in the film, uh, they start out... It starts out in 1986. One of the things that is weird... Well, it's not weird, but I don't know. I just I, I feel like some of the some of the stuff must have been the studio telling Jordan Peele, "Hey, make sure that you do this because everyone that watches movies is an idiot, and <laughs> they won't know unless you tell them flat out." But it starts with a commercial for Hands Across America, and it says 1986 on the commercial. They talk about 1986. And then you pan out, and they're at a carnival, and in text underneath it says 1986. Like I needed to, like I needed that text to tell me we're in the year 1986 when you just hit me over the head with it with uh, television. And then someone at the beach yells, "Summer of '86." <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh man, I love all the hit songs from 1986 that I'm listening to right now. You know, the year we're in. But um, yeah, so. She gets, uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, uh, Lupita Nyong'o's character. She gets separated from her dad at, at the beginning of the film. She goes into this, uh, house of mirrors thing. She sees someone that looks exactly like her. It's very creepy imagery, uh, as her eyes get all big and everything. And then it kind of flashes to her and they're in a, uh, well, actually, it, it goes to modern day with their family going to the same beach because their rich friends are going there and dad wants to impress them and everything. So they go there and they they want to go to the beach. The The rich people are going to be at the beach and she doesn't want to go. She's, she gets very nervous and she's... She's apprehensive about the whole thing. She's obviously has some PTSD from this. It keeps flashing back to her as a, as a kid, and like her and her parents in a therapist's office, where she can't talk uh, after having gone missing. So they get saying, "Remember back in '86?" <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so they say, "They say, well, get her to do something to to express herself, draw or dance or whatever." She ends up uh, dancing. So then we go back to the present. Uh, the son sees some guy dressed in orange 
on the beach. He's got blood on him. You know, he goes wandering off for a little bit. And then and then he, he comes back. She basically says, don't ever go walking off like that and everything. So that night, you know, you've seen the trailers that night. Uh, families in their driveway. It's them. It's other thems. And they start attacking him. And I thought it was just going to be a, a, you know, like fighting against like home invasion kind of thing. It wasn't that. There were more ideas in it than that, which I kind of like. But also I, I feel like they went went too far. I mean, the, the overall plot of the film is basically that the government created a program in the vast tunnel system underneath the United States where they made, they were able to clone and make a doppelganger of every person in the planet, on the planet. And they wanted to use it to control everyone, but it didn't work. But they're all still tethered together somehow through some sort of weird bond. And they, they as Lupita Nyong'o's doppelganger says, they were able to clone people, but they couldn't replicate the soul so all these people they all they kind of grunt they're sort of like morlocks from uh from the um the uh time travel movie that i can't think of the time machine um and it's very weird but they've decided to come to the surface and kill their doubles so they can live in the light and you know, they use these golden shears to, to murder people. Not sure where they got all the scissors from. There's a lot of stuff you could pick apart about this movie. Seems, this, whole pro, pro, this whole project seems very expensive that the uh, government just... You order where they're money. Yeah, exactly. And they just and they just abandoned it. And a big make a bunch of clothes with golden scissors. Right. And there's nobody down there. There's no government... I mean, there's a bunch of clones down there. But there's no government agents down there or anything. Uh, it's... It, 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 there's just them, so they just completely abandoned it. I mean, like I said, there's a lot of things that you could pick apart in this movie. I don't really think it's necessarily the kind of movie that... The problem is, is if they had just... If the, the structure of the movie had been like this, they have doubles that are coming after them. Then you see that everyone has doubles. Like, that's kind of like the next twist. You know, it's not just them. Everyone's got doubles, that, that are coming up. And that's it. Don't explain it. Because the more you try... It's so a far out there premise. The more you try to explain it, the the just the more and more you get put in a box, and the more and more the movie can get torn apart. So in, in these kind of movies, you have to go one of two ways. You have to, you have to either really build um a like a backstory a world a you know a whole process by which all these crazy things happen or you just you just say we don't know <laughs> we we don't know it's just something weird that happened we don't know where they came from all this stuff but the the twist at the end of the film is we flash back to when uh Nupita Luongo's character went missing as a little girl in 1986. And, um, we see that... Wait, when did she go missing? Yeah, I think it was, I think it was 86. I think. Trying to remember what songs were playing. Yeah, I think it was 86. But, uh, we see that the doppelganger had knocked her out, chained her to the bed down there, and she took her place. So, the one that's with the actual family in the movie is the doppelganger. It's the one that was underneath the the sewers. So she's she's the and that's why she couldn't talk when she first came up because she had to slowly learn how to talk. And that's uh so that's like the ultimate twist of the film. It, it like I said, I mean, I like it. I like a lot of the ideas. I know what he's trying to do. He's trying to talk about class. He's trying, you know, he's making a point about you know, uh, the the different class structures in society in both our country and there's there's obviously some some you know allusions to to Mexico and uh immigrants coming over and just kind of the class system that all that creates. You know, the ones that are underneath are just as human as the ones that are above ground, I mean, it, you know, take out the soul part. I get like, it, it seems to me that Jordan Peele probably does not believe in God. Um, so, you know, they're just as human, 
but they're they're not given any you know they're 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 not given basically any rights they're they're you know stepped upon and so i i understand that's what he's trying to talk about with the film and that's the idea the movie's about and the rest of it the what the plot is hung on the actual details don't really matter that much but the biggest problem for me is how much into detail they go into the um the plot there's one point in the movie where Nupita Luongo is with her doppelganger who I think they call Red and she's the, the Red is just explaining the entire thing about the government and and all this stuff and it's it's like an exposition dump and it's one of the the bad sequences in the film now the film's pretty well directed Jordan Peele knows how to build tension he knows how to make a a a, a well-made and like cerebral horror film and he he knows how to how to film scenes he know you know he's very good at directing and i would say he's pretty good at writing but if there's a if there's a flaw in the movie it's there it's in the writing it's in the 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 minutia of the details and that's the part that i don't know if i can quite get over it's a lot to suspend your disbelief for the for the movie so hey i still don't know if i like it it's probably a movie i'll have to see again at least one other time there's a lot of little subtle things in it like in get out there's a lot of the number 11 that comes up again and again uh, and 1111 you know mirrors twins the 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 rich snobby couple has twin girls they talk about the twin towers at one point in the movie there's a lot of twin stuff going on so yeah it's uh it's definitely an interesting film but like i said i don't i don't know that i 100% love it i liked get out more and i think get out was a more tightly and cohesively woven plot but that's what I've been watching. And the other guy is doing uh, commercials for Rocket Mortgage. That's right. <laughs> yeah, the other was one. Was there any thought that like, the other guy like uh, would be like more successful after the uh, Key and Peele show? Yeah, you know, I, he does some some other stuff. But I guess uh, Peele is the one that uh, has a lot of the ideas. He seems to really love horror movies. That's the sense that I'm getting from him. So he does a lot of those. And I don't know. I like the the Twilight Zone that he's doing might be interesting. Like you said, I wish it was free because I am not paying for it. I'm not I'm not no. getting CBS all access CBS. So sorry. I see there's a uh, you can do like a free week or whatever. Maybe I'll wait till like all the episodes are out and just watch them all at once. <laughs> yeah, that's not a bad idea. I might do the same thing. And uh, time for our newest segment, uh, keeping current with Mike. I'm very this is where I go to a uh, this is where I go to a blogger type website uh, or entertainment news and try and figure out exactly what's happening in the world. <laughs> All right, so where where are we starting? This week, I am going to check out uh, US Weekly, which is their website, which I think is usmagazine.com or something like that. And I'm going to go through the headlines and see if I can figure out what's. All right. The first headline I see is an exclusive, Ellen DeGeneres' mom, Betty. Why my daughter won't have children. Okay. Well, I think we know the answer to that one, Betty. (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty self-explanatory. The next one is also an exclusive. Uh, Hmm. This is all in caps. M-A-F-S. I don't know what that means. Decision Day Sneak Peek. Kate and Luke face the experts. Well, I have no idea what that is. M-A-F-S? Do you have any clue as to what that is? M-A-F-S. <clears throat> Let me think. M-A-F- M-A-F-S? Yeah. Uh, I'm sure it's probably a show. M- yeah, no, it looks like a reality show by the picture, but I really can't tell. F-S. What would F-S stand for? Future Shock. Um, mothers, Coffler. mothers against fractured sternums. I'm gonna guess that it's about mothers that are uh, that are their sons play football. <laughs> yeah, I, I I have no idea. The picture is just shows two people sitting on a couch. Okay, I have no idea. <laughs> Maybe it's a talk show. M- Monday, uh, I don't know. I've got, I've got nothing. 
Let's see. A Google search for M-A-M-M-F-A-S uh, yields Mathematics Formative Assessment no, System. No, M-A-F-S. Oh, no. I, I thought it was the mathematics thing. M-A-F-S. Married at First Sight. Oh, uh, wow. That sounds like a bad idea. It's a show. Let's see. Married at First Sight on Twitter. What is Married at First Sight? I think people like just meet up and then they get married. Is something like that one of those kind of weird shows? Oh, my God. Like an arranged God. marriage type show? What a terrible idea for a show. Uh, married at First Sight is an American reality television series based on a Danish series of the same name titled <laughs> titled Gilft Fed Frokbirk. The series first aired, and it's Danish too. They're close uh, enough to Scandinavian. Um, let's see. What someone it, say they're part of it. What's the thing? Uh, over the first seven seasons, seven seasons, twenty-one couples were chosen for the experiment. Well, tell me what the experiment is. The feature, the feature series, or the series features three couples paired up in by relationship experts who agree to marry. When they first meet, so they must do. It's like it's like going on Match.com, but meeting the first person that you get, like the ninety-nine percent person <laughs> on there. What? Oh my god, that sounds and like there there are doctors associated with this. Clinical psychologist Dr. Joseph uh, Klonoa, sexologist Dr. Logan Leftkoff, and sociologist Dr. Pepper Schwartz. And they they want to be I mean, like left cough. He'd be a urologist. Yeah, exactly. Left cough. Oh, terrible idea for a show. Oh. Yeah, that's weird. So what's uh, the next one? one? The next one is also an exclusive. They get a lot of scoops on this uh, website, apparently. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Lori Laughlin daughters were best friends before college admission scam. Is that really an exclusive? I mean, I think I've read that like on <laughs> Yahoo before or something like that. <laughs> I mean, that's just something you could probably gleam from the fact they're sisters. Oh, okay. Uh, The next one is also an exclusive. Go figure. (laughs) Teen Mom 2's, ooh, Kaylin Lowry, Chris Lopez, and I, quote, are not currently speaking, unquote. Uh, Does your wife watch these Teen Mom shows? No. Mine used to. Uh, Oh, my God. I have no idea what the hell's going on in these shows. Like, I don't understand who these characters are or... I really don't know, and the picture doesn't help either, but apparently two people are not speaking. I guess that's probably Exclu- And that's dead. an exclusive. Right. So make sure if you tell that to somebody, you mentioned you got it from Us Weekly. <laughs> no one else knows about it. Uh, they didn't even realize yeah, I- they weren't talking to each other. They, they picked up Ooh. Us Weekly, and they were like, huh, yeah, I guess we haven't been talking. We have another one. This one actually is not an exclusive, so you've probably heard this somewhere before. Okay. Um, Sophia Hutchins, rumored GF, Caitlyn Jenner is in, quote, amazing loving partner. I'm not sure who the Sophia Hutchins person is. Is Me that, either. I guess, it's Caitlyn Jenner's girlfriend or rumored girlfriend? I don't know. Good. Think that's probably not newsworthy. I mean, it's not even exclusive. Why would you put it on your fucking website? <laughs> You know, I have heard that before. No, um, I don't. Uh, so a Google search of Sophia Hutchins, the second thing that comes up is, who is Sophia Hutchins? <laughs> the first thing is, who the fuck is Sophia Hutchins? Uh, so I guess Caitlyn Jenner still dates women and identifies as a woman, so she's a lesbian now. Um, I mean, that, that's, how, no, that's, how you know, that's how you know she means business. Holy shit, she's 21. She's 21 years old, and Caitlyn Jenner is 68. So I'm sure it's Jeez. true love. For a little while, at least. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, Sophia is also transgendered. No offense to Caitlyn Jenner, but um, Sophia looks like a lot better of a woman than Caitlyn Jenner does. <laughs> I don't know if that's better surgery or just genetics or whatever, or the fact that she's 21 years old, maybe. I don't know. Uh, she's an yeah, aspiring model, so, you know, that's another reason to hitch your wagon to a star. Uh, Sophia and Caitlin share a dog together. Oh, that's nice. Sophia and Caitlin are reportedly planning a wedding with an exclamation point. And then nice. Sophia is a graduate of Pepperdine University, which, if I could have go- go back to college, 
I would go to Pepperdine University, beautiful Malibu, California. You can't beat that. I have one more because uh, I don't. I'm just very confused by this point. Here's another exclusive. Okay, Bachelor Nation. I don't know what that is. Ashley and Jared had quote special musical guests at wedding. Now I want to ask you, who do you think this special musical guest is? Okay, so now I am ashamed to admit that my wife watches The Bachelor, or at least she used to. Actually, she's not watching it right now. Uh, she's watched past episodes of it, and my mother-in-law is a big fan of The Bachelor. So Is that I, the same thing, Bachelor Nation, or is that the same thing as The Bachelor? I, I, I don't really know. I believe that Bachelor Nation is what they call their fans. Oh, okay. So, so uh, yeah. The uh, now, what, you know, what were the names? Uh, Ashley and Jared. Uh, okay, that one might be one of the ones that she watched. I think that's. Um, I think that's Jared. Uh, or wait, no, no, it's not. I don't know who they are. One of the ones that my wife watched had Aaron Rodgers' little um, little brother on. Uh, let's see. Special musical guest. I don't know anything about them. Was it? It wasn't Nipsey Hussle, was it? Oh, gonna, I, I hope not. Because they're going to be disappointed. No. Um. <laughs> let's see. They couldn't get Nipsey Hussle, can they? I'm going to guess that it's uh, Donnie Osmond from Donnie and Marie. I'm going to guess it's kind of similar to Donnie Osmond, some boy band member, but not like a really popular one. So All I'm going right. to click the link and we'll see who it is. Right. If it even tells us. If it doesn't, I'm just going to fucking break my computer right Okay. Who could it be? It's a suspense right here. Oh my God. Something's wrong with this guy. We're pop- <laughs> Oh, wait. I'm seeing the... I'm seeing a picture of him as well. He... He, he looks... <laughs> he looks like... A vampire with Down syndrome. <laughs> he looks like a vampire who's like in the middle of tr- getting his fangs out. Oh my god, he's transitioning to a human being. So all the respect to and uh, it. It does not say who it is. They're not talking like Backstreet Boys level, which in the year 2019 isn't a very high level at all. <laughs> oh my god, We're and not- it's not Rob Thomas again. Not a very high bar at this uh, point in time. Oh my god! Maybe they're getting that uh, that band that sang um, uh, "You Only Get What You Give." Remember that song? <laughs> Where they're, yeah. they're they're going to yeah, yeah. Uh, Marilyn Manson? Uh, we'll kick their ass. The procla- uh, not the Proclaimers. I know who you're talking about, though. It, they were actually a local. They were from uh, around here, but yeah. Oh, they were. Yeah, the guy was. I don't good, think the band formed around here. Good for them. Uh, yeah, yeah, and I'm gonna have that stupid song in my head. Thanks a lot, Mark. <laughs> It's okay. <laughs> so interesting. We uh, we'll we check back in to see who plays at. Uh, oh, I forgot their names already. Wedding. Yeah, you know, you know what? I bet it is. I'll bet it's that this whole story is just a ploy to get fucking cameras on them again. Oh, we're gonna we're <laughs> gonna have cameras at your wedding because we we want to report who the uh, the special musical guest is. Oh, well, that was an edition of. What do we call it? I already forgot. Checking in, maybe, with Mike? Keeping current. Keeping, Keeping current with Mike. There Keeping we go. current. Yep. I'm going to write that down, because I like that segment. We'll do it every week. Whether you people like it or not. Because <laughs> I enjoy it. Maybe uh, we'll find out who's going to be at the wedding. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll keep up with it. But uh, this week we're doing a, uh, a kind of a gangsterish type movie. So, for Educating Mike, I decided to find a gangster movie. And I found one that people, at least people who are our age and, and older, maybe a little younger too, should probably be familiar with, even if they haven't seen the movie. It was an infamous, infamously terrible film. Uh, also, uh, had the power to hurt Kevin Smith's career, too. It is the Jennifer Lopez, Ben Affleck film, Gigli. Ooh. Yeah, so I I assume you haven't seen Gigli. Uh no, I haven't. I've heard I've heard it's a terrible movie. I haven't actually confirmed that though. Here's the plot of Gigli. 
Larry Gili, Ben Affleck, is a low-ranking Los Angeles mobster who is not nearly as tough as he likes to act. <laughs> Which is quite a, quite a, um, quite a, uh, like a judgment call right at the beginning of a plot synopsis. Um... This a, pussy here. <laughs> Lewis, a higher-ranking member in Geely's organization, commands Geely to kidnap the mentally challenged younger brother of a powerful federal prosecutor to use as a bargaining chip to save a New York-based mob boss, Starkman, uh, played by Al Pacino, from prison. So, Al Pacino's in this movie? Apparently, yes. Al huh. Pacino will do anything, including Jack and Jill. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I mean, I guess the money just got too good at some point, huh? Right. They just backed up the Brinks truck to his house. Uh, but so they're they're kidnapping a mentally challenged person, which is already a bad start to your film. Uh, Gili successfully convinces the young man, Brian, uh, to go off with him by promising to take him to, quote, the Baywatch. And then it says, apparently a reference to the television show, of that name. Um, guy that wrote this plot synopsis on Wikipedia, did you not watch the film? I mean, I can't blame you if you didn't, but <laughs> it either is a reference or it's not. I'm guessing it is, which seems to be Brian's singular obsession, uh, the show Baywatch. So I guess if he's uh, what they used to call an idiot savant or, or whatever, um, instead of numbers like uh, like Rain Man, his obsession is bikinis, so I don't know what that's going to get him. But Lewis does not trust Geely to get the job done right. Why, why put him on it then? You're, you're in the mob. I mean, I don't get this. So he hires a woman calling herself Ricky to take charge. <laughs> Doesn't even know her. And the plot, plot summer's already hinting at things, calling herself Ricky. So yeah, the, like, lots of bad things going on here. Gili is attracted to Ricky, but he resents both Lewis's lack of faith in him and having to take orders from a woman. Very, uh, very understandable in 2003. He is also frustrated by Brian's insistence on going to the Baywatch and by the fact that Ricky is a lesbian. Oh, okay. So, so not, uh, not his day. A, A suspicious detective... Christopher Walken. Aww, <laughs> I know. Walken. They dragged poor Christopher Walken into this. Comes to the I mean, in all fairness, he might have uh, killed uh, Natalie Wood, so yeah, that's, maybe he deserves That's true. <laughs> he comes to the apartment to question Geely in reference to Brian's disappearance. Geely is further annoyed when his mother uh, takes an immediate liking to Ricky and when the two women team up to needle him. <laughs> I like the phrase to needle him. Oh my god. Oh, the events take a darker turn when Geely and Ricky receive orders to cut off Brian's thumb. <laughs> Something that neither wants to do. Yeah, they've got to cut off a mentally handicapped person's thumb. Worse, Ricky's ex girlfriend, Robin shows up at Geely's apartment accusing Ricky of changing sexual orientation and attempting suicide by slitting her wrists and is rushed to the hospital where thankfully she survives. Wow. There's a silver lining to that dark cloud. (laughs) While there, I'm getting a lot of um, chasing Amy vibes here. Oh no. I gotta say. While there, Gili sneaks into the morgue and cuts off a corpse's thumb, which he sends to the prosecutor as Brian's thumb. Gili and Ricky go back to Gili's apartment, where Gili confesses his love, and the two sleep together. So I guess what? She, I guess she does change her sexual orientation. It is just a choice. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe for a woman. They are summoned to meet with the mob's boss. With the mob's boss. Starkman reveals that he did not approve of the plan to kidnap a federal prosecutor's brother in order to, or, or to the order to cut off Brian's thumb. So Al Pacino's in a, uh, a good guy in this one. He nevertheless rages at them because the thumb they sent didn't match Brian's fingerprints. 
<laughs> and therefore not only failed to increase the pressure on the prosecutor, but even undermined the organization's credibility. Why would his finger why would his fingerprints be on file anywhere? I don't know. Starkman then kills Lewis, presumably in retaliation for the kidnapping and associated scrutiny by law enforcement. Starkman is about to kill Ricky and Geely as well, but Ricky talks him out of it by pointing out that only they know where Brian is, and only they can silence Brian and prevent him from revealing the involvement of Starkman's organization in the kidnapping, or even accusing Starkman of having been personally involved. They leave Starkman's, decide to leave the mob, and discuss taking Brian back to where they found him. On the way, they discover Baywatch, or a similarly themed show or film, (laughs) (laughs) unclear, (laughs) shooting an episode on the beach. Brian begs to be let off there, and they finally consent. Sheely convinces Ricky to take his car to escape to parts unknown. (laughs) Apparently, they're looking for wrestlers. Yes. (laughs) But at the last minute... Ricky returns to pick up Gigli, and they leave town together. The end. So they just dropped this guy off on a beach? Apparently. A mentally handicapped person at a film shoot where he is absolutely not welcome. That may or may not be Baywatch. (laughs) Holly Berry was invited as the female lead before dropping due to scheduling conflicts with X2. X2 is not the best movie in the world, but goddamn you dodged a bullet there, Holly Berry. Oh, so, um, (laughs) let's, let's take a look at the parents guide for Gili. Um, sex and nudity, mild. Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck discuss sex explicitly while she does yoga in a revealing outfit. (laughs) Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck have sex with her top on. Uh, here's some violence and gore, moderate. A man is shot in the head. Blood and organic matter (laughs) spray into and on a fish tank where we see the fish nibbling at the pieces as they sink into the water. And we also see blood dripping copiously from the man's head wounds. (laughs) 124 F words and its derivatives. 13 sexual references, 18 scatological terms. That's, that's a lot. (laughs) How sad do you have to be to count every one of these? Seriously. 20 anatomical terms, five mild obscenities. Not sure what they're calling a mild obscenity. One religious profanity, 11 religious exclamations. One derogatory term for the mentally challenged and five derogatory term for homosexuals. Surprise, there was just one and just five. Uh, Frightening and intense scenes, mild. The characters seem to get angry and yell with no real resolution to them. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. And they make the joke in the parents guide that I was going to make. The next sentence is probably because of how poor the film is (laughs) ridiculed with plot holes. I think they meant riddled, but they wrote ridiculed. (laughs) That's pretty bad when the the parent guide is just ripping on your movie. (laughs) It says fuck 13 times. Was this a piece of shit? Oh, God. So, um... Here's a, here, here's a positive review of the film. 10 out of 10 stars. Uh, this is by far the best piece of filmmaking I have ever seen. This film tops films like The Godfather and Shawshank Redemption. Martin Brest is at his the top of his game in this film, and the chemistry between J-Lo and Ben Affleck is to die for. I'm really surprised it is on the bottom 100, because I'm sure this will be nominated for and win many Academy Awards. The only movie that could top this fine piece of art would be if Jesus himself were to star in his own film. But still, it would be a close call. Ben Affleck is obviously the new star in Hollywood, and J-Lo is on the up-and-coming See This Movie. Wow. Wow. I'm going to guess that's a little tongue-in-cheek. Do you think uh, if Jesus was in a movie, it would be necessarily have to be a biopic? Yeah, you know, they would want him to do it. I, I know the studios would uh, would be pressuring him to make it a biopic. 
Cause you know, uh, Kirk Cameron would just be harassing him to be in the thing too. <laughs> Come on, Jesus! I want to do it. I can be Paul. I think Jesus would want to do a gritty uh, crime drama. That's just my guess. Or a uh, shot by shot remake of Geely. Yeah, he's had enough of the sandals. Oh, <laughs> uh, here's a negative review of Geely. Those five dollars could have got me some chicken McNuggets. <laughs> Oh what, 2000, 2003, um, were, were movies still five bucks in 2003? Like a, a matinee, maybe? I could have went to McDonald's with my five bucks and gotten something to eat, but instead I went and saw the new J-Lo Ben Affleck puke bonanza titled Geely. God, I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> the first ten minutes weren't so bad, but then I realized I was in Finding Nemo. solid joke there when i made my way to the right theater i was horrified this is gili a j-lo movie all about j-lo well i never anywho there's only two things worse than this movie one burning to death and two burning to death while watching (laughs) gili not one word in, in that paragraph was spelled correctly Oh, I doubt it, but that <laughs> the, 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 the title I could have gotten me some chicken nuggets. <laughs> that alone, like, was setting it up brilliantly. Oh, like, oh, this is gonna be good. Oh my god! There's also this. This makes me laugh too. There's a negative review that says "warning spoilers" underneath it. <clears throat> there is no review, only a title, which says "a terrible schlock fest of a movie." So I guess so I guess that's spoilers. Uh, oh fun. Gili. So this week, before we get into our main topic, we have a promo from another show on the network. Mike, you may be somewhat familiar with this show. It's a show about skepticism and skeptical people and being skeptical about skepticism. It is RJ and Rachel's show, The Skeptical Skeptics. Nice. So, here are the skeptical skeptics to tell you a little bit more about them. The complete opposite of Julie. <laughs> Hi, everybody. I'm RJ Metzger. And I'm Rachel Metzger. And we're the skeptical skeptics. Each week, we talk about all the crazy things in the world, ranging from the paranormal to Bigfoot to UFOs. And we look at it from the perspective of the believer, the skeptic, and everything in between. So, come check us out on the MSC Podcast Network. Or go to skepticalskeptics.com and follow us at SkepSkepPod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. So that was the Skeptical Skeptics podcast. Definitely check them out. Mike and I are are, are big fans of their show. We think you will be too. They do a great job over there. Uh, But our main topic today is a Netflix film. Speaking of, as we were seemingly hours ago, um, about about a um, movies that Netflix just kind of dumps on there. And they sort of get lost in the shovel. I kind of want to do some more of these uh, kind of movies. Not not that, you know... I mean, no spoilers. We'll get into how, how we liked the movie. But uh, there, I think there are some, some gems on there that not a lot of people do reviews on. So, I don't know. We'll talk about that later. But uh, this is a film called Highwaymen. And it is about the two men who helped chase down and apprehend Bonnie and Clyde in 1935... I think 35, 36, something like that. Something like that. They say the, they say the year. 1986. Maybe it's 34. I think it's 34. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was 19. That's why they did it. So I remembered it was 86. <laughs> if they had done, if they, if every frame of this film had 1934 underneath it, I would have remembered it. Uh, it starts off the World's Fair. <laughs> but uh, Mike, what did you think of Highwaymen? Oh, I should say it stars uh, uh, Kevin, uh, Kevin Costner. Costner and uh, Woody Harrelson as the two titular men. Uh, Kathy Bates is in it as well. Um, I cannot remember the guy's name, and I feel bad because he's a pretty good actor. The guy who's uh, Drew Carey's brother on the Drew Carey show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he he's is really good. Well. Yeah, he was in the Zodiac. He was really good in that. So what did you think of the, he has like the a film? Three name like serial murderer type name too. So uh, eh, I thought it was kind of boring. I don't know. How do you feel, John? Like, John Carroll Lynch. 
There you go. Yeah, John Carroll Lynch. Doesn't this sound like a murderer's name? He does. And this picture that he has for his publicity photo, he looks like a murderer. (laughs) He's got a small, knowing smile on his face and just staring right at me. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, um, I I thought it was a little boring as well. The, um, The movie picks up at times, but it's really slow. It's a very slow paced film. Yeah, I, uh, I actually fell asleep the first time I watched it. I had to go back and rewatch the part I uh, fell asleep at. It's, I mean, it's okay. I mean, it's not like a. It's. I really like that period of history. Like, I don't know exactly when it started, but like basically the gangster era, like the '30s to maybe the early '40s, where there was like you know, um, not Al Capone, but like John Dillinger, uh, Babyface Nelson, all those. Mm-hmm. It's kind of an interesting period of time, you know, where they're just kind of like all running around. And the police weren't really organized enough to really stop them in an efficient way. Yeah. I'm yet to see a movie on any of those people that I enjoy, though. I saw uh, Public Enemies with Johnny Depp. That wasn't a very good movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one, I didn't think... Was, this kind of reminded me of The Untouchables, because The Untouchables is okay, but, I mean, all in all, The Untouchables is kind of a slower movie. I thought also Kevin Costner's in that one as well. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I really like that period in history. I like reading about that period in history a lot, but I, too, have not found uh, very many films about that period in history that I like. The original Bonnie and Clyde, or I, actually, I don't even know if it's the original, but the Bonnie and Clyde version from the 70s with Warren Beatty and Faye Dunaway is uh, okay. It's it's a decent film. But one of the things I did like about this this movie, well, first of all, Woody Harrelson is fantastic. He he yeah, is he's, he's really good. He's great in every single thing he does. He is just a phenomenal actor. Um, and uh, Kevin Costner is good. You know, Kevin Costner is definitely a decent actor. He unlike like Harrison Ford or, or Bruce Willis, he has not given up. He still gives. He still gives it his all in in parts that he does i don't always enjoy his movies and i don't always enjoy every acting choice that he makes but he he is a talented actor and and he's still trying so so i definitely uh give it to him for that um yeah i mean even though he got with uh cal ripken jr's wife and all i mean he still like you said puts in a good effort right (laughs) but but um yeah this film like i said I, i like the acting about it and one of the other things that i liked about it is that it goes out of its way not to glorify Bonnie and Clyde. I mean Oh yeah, that's that's for sure. Many times. It's a big it's a big theme of, of the film because as many people might know, during that time period the depression was happening, uh the um the Dust Bowl uh, was occurring and the the Okies were were moving to California and stuff. Uh, one of my favorite books is The Grapes of Wrath, which if you've never read it, you should definitely. John Steinbeck's a brilliant writer, and you should definitely check out that book. Uh, it's it is a excellent book about that period of time, with, uh, focusing on you know the Okies and the and the Dust Bowl stuff. But you know, so in that period of the country, especially, was hard hit by the Great Depression because all the crops were were failing. Uh, with the Dust Bowl, and we see a a small, like a just a thing of, uh, just one shot of they're on the road in their car, and there's a family that obviously has packed everything into their into their truck like they, they did back then, and they're moving looking for greener pastures, so to speak. So, during this time period, Bonnie and Clyde come up, and they start robbing banks, and uh, many people, either rightly or wrongly, blamed the banks for a lot of the hardships that had befallen the United States at that time. So they were like folk heroes. Uh, but, I mean, it's right in the beginning of the film. Kathy Bates also puts in an excellent performance as uh, as the Governor Ma, as they call her. And that's, that is what they called her in real life. Um, yeah, it's partially based on, I mean, I think Woody Harrelson's character might just be completely made up. But uh, yeah, the Kevin Costner is based on a real person. Kathy Bates is based on a real person. Obviously, uh, Bonnie. Yeah, and they—they, they, I mean, she says at the beginning, they say, you know, uh, a lot of people are calling, you know, these two Robin Hood. Are are they Robin Hood? 
and she looks right at him and you know in that way that the only Kathy Bates can do you know sternly says to him you know did Robin Hood ever shoot a uh, gas station attendant in the face at point blank range for four dollars and a tank of gas you know and then and, right. and, and you know it is it is interesting to get a film the the Warren Beatty Faye Dunaway film sort of romanticizes it uh, like it was during the during the day but it is interesting to see a film from the perspective of you know these are cold-blooded killers killing police officers um you know killing uh, other civilians and everything and and they you know as as I think it's Kevin Costner's character says at one point or it might be Woody Harrelson I, I think it was Kevin Costner but he says to one of the Dallas police uh people who knew them you know, when they were growing up, especially, uh, um, Bonnie and, you know, he's talking about how nice she was and, and stuff like that. And Kevin Costner says, you know, look, the people that you grew up with aren't human beings anymore. <laughs> you know, like basically right. just spelling it out for, for them that, you know, you've got to be ready to shoot these people because they're dangerous and they will kill you. And they do kill a lot of people. We see a lot of the aftermath of their killing in this movie because Woody Harrelson and Kevin Costner are, are on their trail um, in uh, his wife's Ford. Yeah, they. so there, there are things that I definitely liked about the film. It has a lot of interesting ideas, and I like the tact they take with it, and I like the acting, but it does drag for sure, especially the very beginning, like the first... I don't know, 30 or 40 minutes of the film before he starts to pursue them and everything. And his wife doesn't want him to do it. And they, I mean, there's all, there's these different scenes that are sort of tense with his wife and everything. But I mean, they're tense between the characters, but not exactly tense for us because we all, we know what's going to happen. You know, the movie's not going to happen if he doesn't go after them. So we know he's going after them. Uh, and yeah, there's a lot of stuff I think could have fallen to the cutting room floor. It's a two hour and 12 minute film that I think probably could could be a tight hour and a half, in my opinion. Yeah, it seems to be standard fare for uh, Kevin Costner movies. I don't know if it's something he influences up there always is just way too long. Yeah, too long and too much, too much uh, stuff that's not the movie. You know, when... When someone's writing and, you know, like writers, when, when they get edited, uh, the editors always say, you know, what we cut out is the stuff we cut out is everything that's not the plot or, you know, not necessarily the plot, but that's not the story. And there's a lot of not the, not the story in this movie. <laughs> um, and, and a lot of it could could be gone for sure. But there are, you know, there are some some tense moments uh, in the film when they're they're chasing him, there's a couple close calls they have with them, and there's some good character moments too. Woody Harrelson and Kevin Costner's characters are allowed to breathe a little bit, allowed to develop a little bit. So I like that about the film. But like I said, I just I think there's I think there's enough that you could cut out to make it a an hour and a half film, and I think it would have it would have played a lot better uh, at that at that length. Yeah, it's just too long. It's it's okay. I mean, I don't know what it is. It's just not doesn't really do anything for me in this movie. Any any uh, anything that you really liked about the movie? Well, like like we mentioned earlier, as always, Kathy Bates is just. Like, I don't know why people don't speak of her in like the same you know sentences as they speak of Meryl Streep. She's very versatile. She's mm-hmm. good at comedy, good at drama. She's a, a wonderful actor. Um, Woody Harrelson too is uh, is really good in this. Yeah. Yeah, I I really don't have anything else to say about it. Do you? It's uh, no teenage Bonnie and Kleptoclyde, that's for sure. <laughs> True. Part of the part of the uh, the films that give this podcast its name: Teenage Bonnie and Kleptoclyde and Species with Natasha Entridge. The two movies we rented that we never returned. Sorry, Mammoth Video, but uh, I'm sure we were part of your demise. The balls in your court. <laughs> Oh, well, that is our show for tonight uh, or today or whenever you're listening to this. Um, We hope you had a good time. Listen to the Skeptical Skeptics podcast. Go to at MSE Network on Twitter to find uh, other great shows that are on the network. We have 
We have a lot of them. Boar Meets World, about Boy Meets World, Decomposition. I mentioned them a couple times. Brew uh, Brew Crime is another good one. We did a promo for them. Uh, How Will I Die? We did it, we we had Nicholas on the show. Um, I'm trying to think. Body Count is one that's coming in that I'm really excited about. And uh, there are others. There's a bunch of other shows on the entertainment side of things. If you're into sports, there's some sports stuff too. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Massive Late Fee on Twitter. You can email the show, as I mentioned, Massive Late Fee at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Massive Late Fee. You can find us on MySpace at MySpace.com slash Massive Late Fee. Um, you can, uh, I don't know, you can do a bunch of other stuff. You can go to our Patreon if you want to throw in a dollar. You can rate and subscribe on iTunes. That helps us out a lot or whatever podcast app you use. Uh, also, we're on Podcoin too, which uh, I'm thinking about maybe doing their little deal that they have for us, Mike. If we if we promote them, we uh, get to stay in their their like promoted shows for longer. Um, I love Podcoin though, and this is not this is not a uh, this is a plug, but this is not influenced by them. I'll tell you why it's good for us. We can see who listens to the show. We can see, um, or you can also set it to private if you want to, but please, please don't, because we're not like you know trying to invade your privacy or anything. It's just nice to see who listens to the show. But we can see who listens to the show. We can see what episodes they listen to and kind of how far they got into it. It helps us figure out what's working on the show, what's maybe not working on the show, and it just helps us make bank us a better podcast, uh, you know, overall because we can kind of see what episode you're gravitating towards and 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 if you're just listening for a couple minutes and you're like oh I don't like this and turning it off so we can you know improve ourselves and everything I love I love that about it so I really want to encourage everyone to go to to Podcoin and sign up for Podcoin but it's not just good for us um they actually pay you to listen to podcasts you get um these things called Podcoins for every minute that you listen to a podcast. I think right now it's something like uh, one or two pod coins for every 10 minutes that you listen or whatever. I mean, it's stuff that you're doing anyway. And you can turn them in eventually for uh, Amazon and gift cards. I think they've got uh, Google Play gift cards and stuff. Um, and you can also donate to different charities. They have a bunch of different charities on there. Uh, I know the Skeptical Skeptics donated uh, either food or calories, depending on <laughs> if you side with Rachel or side with RJ, uh, to dogs. Um, and there's there's just a bunch of other stuff that you can do. I, I listen to most of my podcasts I listen to on PodCoin now because I, I, I like to gain the points. I'm just saving them up and, you know, get like a $50 Amazon gift card on there. But uh, yeah, it's it's a really great app, and you know you just go to your app store, Podcoin, and download it. You can uh, you know start following our show, follow some other shows on the network, and you know start earning um, earning uh, points for uh, for listening to podcasts. It's a really great thing, and you can do just like any other podcast. You can listen to it. Uh, and, and do other things on your phone. You can, you know, minimize, minimize the app or whatever you want to call it, go into another app, and it still keeps playing just like on iTunes or, or any of the other ones. It's a really great service that I think they put together really well um, for both podcasters and listeners. I think it's it's a best of the both, both world situation. So definitely check that out. And if you're a podcast out there that listens to us, get yourself on PodCoin. It is awesome for sure. Uh, anything else you want to add, Mike? Nope. All right. Well, have a good night, everybody. We will see you next week. Bye. See you later. 1986.